Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Gary V Audio Experience. We have an awesome episode for you today, but we just want to remind you before the episode starts that if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, please leave your comments in the Q&A section under this episode. If you're listening on Apple, Google, or anywhere in between, please tweet Gary at Gary V. Make sure you join the Discord to stay up to date on all things V Friends, and we hope you enjoy this episode. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Morning. Hey, Gary. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Where are you from? Hey, um, I'm Ditto. I'm in LA, and I, I don't have any tea, but I'm trying to wake up. I'm trying to get there. I get it. It's early. I'm, I appreciate the hustle. 6 a.m. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I have a question for you. Um, so on my social platforms for a while, um, I've been making great videos and I've been like building such a cool community, but anytime I switch something up, they sort of like throw a fit. Like I get like a lot of, I miss the old her comments and I wanted to know, like, is there something I'm doing wrong? Is there something I'm not doing that could make us kind of grow together better? Like, I don't want to leave them hanging. What were the videos you were making and what, what are some of the stuff you're mixing in? Yeah, so so I primarily make dance videos and I do a lot of like robotics and a lot of like tutting and things like that. And let's say I didn't tut a lot in a video or I danced to a different <laughs> kind of music. They're freaking out. They're like, I just miss the old Ditto. Like, I just... So, like... <laughs> I get it. Ditto, Ditto, I went through this hard, hard in 2009. So I did three years every day, five days a week on early YouTube of wine videos. I was one of the first YouTubers that especially doing long form and it was all wine. And then I was like, yo, I want to talk about business because that's really what I am. And I started making business videos and people fucking lost their mind out of anger. You know, like just didn't like it. Um, Anytime that I've taken a step in my business career, like got a TV appearance or got a had a viral, a micro viral video or like popped off or like hung out with somebody, immediately people are like, you're different, you changed. We missed this, we missed that. Right. The reality is, the reality is you can't get caught up in the comments or the likes or views, you just can't. You have to evolve and they have to follow you and you have to have conviction. I watch so many people not change their shit up even though they want to because they don't like the fact that they get more negative comments and they get less engagement. It's a huge right. mistake. Like you've got to stay the course. Like you're, you're going through your life. You can't be the same girl you were three years ago. And yeah, I cannot. Oh my gosh, I cannot. And, and your self-esteem and your self-worth can't be how many followers or how much engagement you get on Instagram. It just can't. Yeah. And right now we're in a generation where people are starting to think that way. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary thing. I mean, when we're living off these brand deals and like, that's how we pay our rent. Like it's really easy for me to get paranoid about it. I'm at a point now where I'm comfortable and I'm ready to say like, like I'll let my engagement go down. I'll do this. I just want to like my own content. A hundred percent. And I promise you when you like your own content, that shit comes back so often, especially if you have talent. Wow. Thank you. Listen. And another thing, you can live in a, you can live, I'd rather you live in a little less fancy apartment. I'd rather you buy one less nice thing, go on one less trip than fucking be unhappy. You know, right. we have to make happiness the fucking North Star, not fucking money or clout. Right. We have to. Right. 
And you have a responsibility, you have a huge fan base. And so you have to show and lead the way. And then make a video about it be like, yo, I love you fuckers, but I, I'm changing too. <laughs> right. Yeah, I want them to feel like they're growing with me. That's speak to them, advice. speak to them. Do your shit. And then the sixth video be like, I love you. I'm so grateful for you, but I'm evolving. And so are you. And like, let's, you know, and I appreciate him. By the way, I'll fucking pop and lock for you in a, once in a blue moon for old time's sakes, but I got to do me. I swear. I swear. Yeah, that's what I tell them. I'm like, hey, you missed the old me. The videos are still up. Exactly. And you can, you, can bring it, you can bring it out of the back once in a blue moon, you know? Right. Good luck. Thank you for getting up so early. Talk Thank to you. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. 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 How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Hi, I'm Brooklyn, a queen from Detroit. I'm 14. I'm an artist and influencer. So my question for you is, what would you tell, like, what advice would you give your 14-year-old self based on everything that you know now? So my advice might be a little bit tricky for you, but I'll give it to you. And then if I can give you a follow-up, I'll let you know. For me, it would have been like, look, it's okay. 14 was a real big year for me because it's when my baseball card business started to really pop and my dad dragged me into the liquor store and I was working every weekend and every summer vacation. So I was like in a real transition where I was like, okay, now I'm grown and I'm doing business, like fuck school. So really the advice I would have given that kid is like, this is going to be such an enjoyable part of your life. You're about to learn so many of the skills that you're going to use the rest of your life. So enjoy that. I probably would have told him not to go 100 into business and save and and really push back against his dad and himself and and have a little bit of summer vacation, maybe two weeks to hang out with friends. But um, I, but honestly, that was a big transition year for me, and and was really the year that like my career started in a lot of ways. Right. What about for you? Let's let's instead of that question, what about for you? What is the most challenging part of being for this young and having this much attention on you? The most challenging part. Like um, are you happy, happy, happy? Yes. This is Good. like my dream. This is prob this is definitely gonna be the thing that I do for the rest of my life. So, um so can I tell you something? I'll give you something that I think could really help. Don't don't get too high on the positive feedback. When you read the comments and people are like, you're amazing, you're pretty, you're smart, you're amazing, you're so talented. Don't get too high on that because what that's gonna do is let you deal when people say you're shit, you fell off, you're not good. When you start getting quiet and it's about you for you, not the audience's feedback, I think it will put you in a much more stable place to go and do your thing. Right. Like when people, you know, come on my page with the negative, the negative things. Um, I, I'm just the type of person that like, cause being a public figure, you're going to get bullied every day on social media, like on your lives, on your posts, on everything. Um, so I'm just the type of person that I wouldn't say don't care, but I just don't feed into the, to the negative energy. I love that program. I love that. And, and as a matter of fact, if you can start this at 14, it'll put you in such a great spot. You should, like if you could flip it from not caring to actually having compassion to that person. Right. For somebody to go on your page and try to drag you down, they're fucking hurting inside. Yeah. You understand? And I, 
and I'll sometimes even like someone could comment something like you're disgusting or you're ugly right. and then I go to their page and I like a picture and then they're like oh my gosh you know thank you People, so much so they like listen, turn into a supporter listen if you one of the biggest things that helped me was my ability to be the bigger man. When people came at me with heat and negativity, I always did stuff like that. I was like, look, I'm sorry, like, you know, that you feel that way, but I wish you happiness and health. I'd go give them love like that. I used to go in their pay. Like, I love that about you. If you've got that now, you're on your way. Just try not to get too high, try not to get too low and always, always create. Never hold back. Like, don't ever, ever, ever not put out your voice, your thoughts, keep sharing because you never know when a thought in your head that you didn't put out was actually the thought that would change the world. So the last piece before we bounce here is make sure you put out the content. Don't overthink the music. Don't overthink the videos. Put what's in your fucking heart in your head. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Thank you for telling me in. Yep. Talk to you soon. That girl's mind is right at 14. She's going to win. That girl is going to win. Joe, what's good? What's up, Gary? Um, I'm just pumped there's a dude on here now. We, we, the four, I mean, listen, I love the ladies. We may have to have a whole full ladies day, but it's good to see a dude as well. So, Joe, what's up? It's good to see you, man. I'm, I'm glad I'm finally on here. Um, so let me just try and dive in. Uh, my question needs a little bit of prerequisite first, just to explain. So we own a chain of eight higher-end barbershops in New Jersey. Um, we started in 2009. My brother was 19 years old when he started it. Uh, I want to say back in 2016, I left a six-figure job full-time to work on the business full-time. Since then, we've uh, brought on partners that have been our barbers, especially our one partner, Isaac, is partners with us in everything. And we've created, we're beginning to create what, it, what is a brand of eight barbershops, but a culture, an yep. environment. It's not just a barbershop, basically. We provide our employees with an environment where they can grow, um, where our clients can feel like family. So it's not just a barbershop. Um, so basically what I want to say is this, without getting into it too much, is in this industry, especially with our model, we pay our barbers really well. And uh, we work on commission base. Our barbers are full W-2 employees. So on top of that, we have payroll taxes, on top of rent and any overhead you would think. So our margins are really low. Um, so in this industry, because we're trying to build a brand, continuing to grow, we, I basically, I, I, my question is, how can, what can we do besides having our own product line, which we already started, and uh, about a year and a half ago, we hired a full-time videographer to create content constantly on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, everything. And besides all that, how can we use, how can we utilize the connections that we're getting through our clients who love our brand to generate a bigger profit in other avenues so that we can continue to grow more rapidly than bootstrapping one after another after another. Because if we only focus on just uh, haircut, it's very difficult. Why do we want to grow more rapidly? Well, because that's our, our goal is not to just stay in New Jersey. Our goal is to grow as a brand. How old are you? 34. Okay, so you have 50 fucking years to go to Cleveland. So what, what do you, besides, besides- you, you, do, you do know what happens in this cliche, right? Bootstrappers, young hustlers, do it right, brick by brick, brick by brick, brick by brick, 
catch something. They can feel it. I feel it. I, I, I pulled you out of the comments to be on, right? I feel it. And then their eyes get big. They start hearing chirping from people that are not in their inner circle, right? Their uncle, their most successful high school buddy, the, the, the guy who's getting his hair cut that's a fucking millionaire on Wall Street. And people start chirping. And what happens is they start to get impatient. We lost you there for a second. I want to make sure you hear this. Because it was a good fucking rant, too. Now? There you go. I can hear you now. So, can you hear me? Yep. So, they start getting impatient. Right? So what's also happening is a lot of people, especially clients who are successful, are constantly asking to invest in our brand. And the reason, that we, number one, we don't just bring them in. Hey, Dustin. The number one, we don't just bring them in. It's too choppy. You're going to have to fix them up. Let's get to the next one. Let's get him back on. Um, let's keep this going. We'll, we'll have, that'll be a part two because it's about to get good. Roland Edwards, what's good? Whoa. Mickey. Hey, what's up? Life is good. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Ogden, Utah. Fantastic. Sweet. So, hey, man, um, quick backstory to my question. Um, so about two years ago, I went to college for a year. I dropped out. I joined a real estate sales team to start selling houses. Um, the leader of the team approached me one day and said, hey, I want you to run my social media page. So I started running the social media page. And um, little did I know is that he had another side of the real estate side. He had an academy where he taught agents how to sell houses. So also having a team on the side, he also taught agents how to sell houses. And so we have two different programs. We have the Alliance, which is $1,000 a year. And then we have a mastermind, which is 7,500. So we have about 60 members in the, in the mastermind and then about, I don't know, like 100 in the Alliance. So my question is, I've really gotten good at the content creation side of things. I've really studied it. Um, I'm taking Peng June's courses. Um, so I've been really good at it. And what we've discussed as a team is potentially creating content for our mastermind members, trying to transition them from the mastermind into creating content for them and helping them um, with their SOI and things like that, because it's very important to stay in front of your audience, especially for real agents. So I'm trying to like communicate the importance to them. So how would you transition people from, um, one of those types of courses to some like, um, like a content creation plan for them or what, what would a you plan? do? I mean, well, I mean, are you looking to convert them to somebody who's paying you a, a $3,000 a month retainer or a yeah. one-off or what's yeah. your plan? Yeah. So we want it to be like a monthly subscription. Uh, we were thinking around like $1,500 a month. I don't know how you feel about that as well. You can, I mean the, mar you know, listen, $15 a month, 15,000 a month, you know, they all play. It all depends on, sorry. no, I understand. Okay. Yeah. And, like I said, $15 a month or 15,000 a month, it just comes down to, you know, supply, demand, quality, you know, the belief of, of the quality. I mean, if, if people wanted monthly content for me, it's going to, you know, it's 30,000 a month when we did that for Vayner Talent, like, you know, it comes in a lot of different ways. So I think that um, the reality is, is that I think you need to create the information around what you're trying to do to that mastermind. What I would probably do, you said there were 60 people, right? Yep. 
I would probably invite all 60 of them into a Zoom and and spend two, three hours explaining that you guys are gonna be rolling this out in three months and answering questions and let them all hear it. And over three hours, build up the smoke to get an opportunity to do something. Dude, that's a great idea. Thank you, Mickey. <laughs> um, also, I follow D-Rock and Babin a lot. I was just wondering what kind of is your, uh, like your content creation process behind the scenes? Like do you, cause for me, a lot of our stuff is leveraged out cause it's just me like for content creation. So I leverage out like our graphics, our subtitles and stuff like that. What is the process for you guys? Meaning do we have it in-house or do we outsource yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all in-house. It's all in-house. I mean, there's a, there's a 30 person team on team Gary. So it's loaded. What do you think the benefits are of that for little tasks like subtitles and graphics? Because I'm teaching those kids, I'm paying those kids, and then I'm putting, and then I'm letting them grow into bigger careers, whether on my team, whether in VaynerMedia, or whether they use the clout of being with me to go on and do other things for themselves. Okay, so, so do you recommend? So it costs me more, but it be, but it builds a family and builds a community. Okay, so that, okay, that's very important. Okay. Yep. Because I'm playing long term, but it's maybe not the most financial thing. Because I can go to Fiverr, I can go to India yeah, exactly. and transfer. Right. And all yeah. that. Not for us, we're a smaller business. Of so course, I think you're going down the right path. But as but the leader needs to think about really investing in it long term and start adding some overhead to build that culture. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Take care, right, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Big shout out to Bob Brand, Nikhil, Gregory Millard, Greg Rubin. What's good, Bay Area? Getting up early. Luke, what's, what's good, good Boris? Boris? So, so Joe, Joe yes. people start hearing other, you know, voices. The, the, you started alluding to it to where I was going. You know, the, the affluent, you know, uh, customers start saying, yo, let me put some money in. Chirp, 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 chirp. And everything that got you from one to eight locations, now you change up the script because you got to expand faster. Which I don't, I don't understand. I really, I really don't, don't understand. understand. I don't, I don't want, want that. that. So it's not about um, expanding. It's not that we want to expand faster. It's more it's about what you said. Well, right, but not not because of not. I don't feel it's because of chirping and all that. It's more because we work seven days a week. We have that fire inside of us that we just want to keep going. We want to get our brand out to it more people because we know that we we have something different to offer than any other barbershop that we that we come in contact with. I, I think I you think might you be might... right. Eight successful locations. Like my biggest problem is if you want to start direct to consumer fucking razors and fucking shaving cream or create some sort of other revenue source, you're going to get distracted. Right. So the, the thing is that the profit margins are very low in this industry. Pro Pro profit Pro margins are low in a lot of industries. You know how bad profit margins are in the wine business? They, they suck, suck shit. shit. So, so what was your, what was your way of going, getting past that? Being okay and doing a lot more revenue. Being, Being 57, 57 and having, having 183, 183 of these fucking things across the East Coast and fucking making more, even, listen, razor thin margins at scale become real money. Of course, so that's the thing. How do you get to scale when the margins right now are so small? You take a capital infusion or you stay patient. We're trying or to your point, point, you innovate and start another revenue stream that allows you to not have to take outside capital.
want to be a bar. We want to be a brand. We want to be like a lifestyle brand. That's okay. what our, that's what our main goal and focus is for the future is to transition into a lifestyle brand. We understand that the draw is the haircuts. That's how we're going to draw people in is with our high quality haircuts, great customer service, a great team of, of, of barbers and, and a great team of management and ownership. But, um, with that, that's, we want to eventually transition into being a lifestyle, but we, through these years and, and through the, through the time of, of, of us building our business, we've learned a lot. Uh, of course. And, and that's the thing is sometimes we, we're, we're not sure whether to go be, to, to, to help others grow with our model or to just stay focused on our model and continue to grow and continue to bootstraps slowly. But bro, bro. Right, right now is the greatest era of everybody trying to make money, giving advice to others based on minimal or like some early success. What are you gonna start a mastermind? What are you gonna start a course? course? That's what, bro. That's the chirp. You got, you got, you got the wrong fucking chirp in your ears, bro. That's the that's the chirping you hear all the time. Oh, it's about it's about education right now. It's about this. It's about that. And it's like, yeah, the problem is that that you know it takes a lot to 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 run businesses. A lot of a lot of people think that barber shops are absentee businesses, and that's just not true. It can be if you don't Chill, care. There's no, Chill. Chill. there's no absentee business. Show me an absentee business, business and I'll, I'll show, show you a business, business that's, that's about a... to go out of business. Exactly, that's what I tell people who wanna open up barber shops. I say, I work seven days a week, okay? And I'm not even a barber. I don't cut hair. My You're not a Exactly, I work seven days a week to manage each one of our barber shops and to, to deal with any issues that come along, to coach our barbers through the good and the bad. Okay, if you think that you're just gonna open up a barber shop and let it run itself, then you're sadly mistaken if you think that you're gonna compete with anyone that even comes close to what we do. There's no passive income the way like people the, there's, there's no passive income the way people dream it up. You could have a you could have a business that kicks cash every month, but if you have buildings with rent, you're gonna have to manage that. What happens when somebody burns the fucking building down? What happens when, when there's a crime at your building? What happens when the person that's managing your building dies and you have to replace him or her? Like, people are confused out here. This is work. So that's the thing, when you have employees and when it's brick and mortar like this, there's it's not smooth sailing all the time. And that takes away a lot of time to be able to do a lot more things that you wanna do. You know, there's only so many hours in a day and trust me, I go, I listen to you all the time and I, I'm with you on the fact that I'll work 18 hours straight if I have to. I don't care, okay? And it's 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 just a matter you of- love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I left, you know, I, in banking, then I worked in retail, and, and I just love being an entrepreneur. I love working. I don't I don't even care if I don't take a paycheck. I went months, years without taking even a, even a, even a, even a paycheck. You know, I love went- it. Love it. And, and that's the thing is, is we love, and it's not only me, it's myself. Uh, my partners, my brother, my uh, Isaac, Sean, all our partners, Ryan, we devote so much to the business and we wanted to just see it grow so much. And that's the thing I get, I guess what you're saying is just, just slow down and, and, and to, to reinforce Jeff, Jeff. it. You're 34. Yes. So 34 is when I left wine library day to day and started VaynerMedia. I had no money. I literally started VaynerMedia in the conference room of Buddy Media, because me and AJ had no money. I literally started at zero, all over. I didn't make a lot of money building my dad's business for him, and then whatever I saved, I invested in Facebook and Twitter, so I felt good about the future, but it wasn't liquid for a long time, so I had to build this business, and and look where I'm at now at 44. Like, you're just starting, Joe. Like, 
what are you gonna be one of those douchebag entrepreneurs on Instagram? Stop, Stop listening, listening to, them. to them. You think they're, you think having, they're having so, having much, so fun? much fun? Why? Why? Because they, they took a photo, photo of an Instagram, Instagram model, model on, a on a private plane? plane? Who gives, gives a, a fuck? fuck? I agree. You're getting, You're getting caught, caught up, up in the hype. I can see it. I can smell it through this fucking screen. So our, our biggest, what, what, what we love most more than anything is seeing our employees grow. Good. Okay, seeing them that grow. That has nothing to do nothing with to do. you expanding into a monster lifestyle brand. You're doing it right. So many people are going to lose in this era for doing it right, getting up a notch, poking up their head because they've been head down, being like, yo, all these people are having fun. All these people are moving fast. All these people are getting more. I'm fucking working seven days a week bleeding. And all these people are fucking selling bullshit and fucking winning. What am I doing wrong? I got to learn how to raise capital. I got to expand quicker. We got to fucking create a mastermind or a fucking course. We're going to teach other small business. Like When people come to us and say, hey, we got money. We want to invest in, in this brand. And we pretty much turn them down all every single time. Do you think we're doing the right thing? Potentially, I mean, look, there are there is smart money out there. There's somebody who's passive, who doesn't give a shit, who just wants, who believes so much in you, who's not going to bother you, um, and who doesn't have a board seat and doesn't have say. They're just getting dividends kicked out in the future. If you can get money that's passive, <laughs> you know, that's chill Ew. and that's, hey, that's strategic, strategic, maybe you know, when Equinox took money from Steve Ross because he owned a lot of buildings and helped them with their real estate expansion, you take a real estate mogul with a ton of money. Who's she or he's got a ton of buildings around the world, might be an interesting play because all of a sudden you're paying smaller rent. You know, like there's there's all sorts of ways to think about it. Money isn't always bad, but money for the sake of money is bad. Because I, I also think a lot of people think that the barber industry is very cash rich and they're gonna just it's gonna be a cash cow. And that's first of all, we we accept credit card. So yeah, Joe, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about what everybody's perceptions are. I would stay your course, stay patient. Look, you can, there's a lot of ways to make money. Wine library's margins were shit. What did I do? I started buying wines that were extremely good that nobody knew and I was able to make more margin on it. Reality is if your brand's popping so heavy, every haircut could go up a dollar. They all could. They could. Like a dollar is a dollar. Like the reality is you could. Now it could be a recession and you might have to go down a dollar. You know, like, you know, but like you could. Cool. You know, you pe- know people, pe- people get away from the basics. You guys built on the basics. I believe that. There's no way you would be here without it based on the story I heard. So, you know, a dollar extra cut starts, starts to change that margin. Up. Gary, you got to come and get a haircut. We, I want to invite you to one of our shops. I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. Follow us on Instagram okay. so we can connect, please. <laughs> you got, you got it, it, Gary, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Take Appreciate care. It. Stay, well. Stay well. Thanks. Business. God, this show is fucking awesome. Just having the time to explain shit. It's good for me too, because it allows me to show you that deeper level that I'm actually operating in. A lot of times I have to be in like surface level headlines. It's there. Um, this format's bringing it out. Hmm. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Gary. How are, How are you? you? Hi, yeah. my kids say hi. Hi, kids. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I sent two questions in, and Whatever the first like. question, 
The first question you did not answer, but the second question you guys picked me up on. And uh, we are starting to listen to your show every morning now. We're in Toronto. And the kids are asking, Mommy, why does he swear so much? <laughs> and I said to them, <laughs> and I said, um, oh, you know, Gary's from New York. Everyone in New York talks like that. <laughs> I love it. So, what can I answer for so you? Um, yeah, I identify a lot with the lady who called in yesterday, the the lawyer who had, um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of money and so on. And um, I'm 49 this year. And uh, I'm a divorced mother of two boys. They are 11 and 7. Um, we have a very good relationship with their dad now. So we're very friendly. We talk a lot. And so we're all in a good place. I also run a uh, like a global marketing strategy agency, and uh, we're doing a lot of high margin stuff right now. But my question today has to do with the harder task of raising children. Yes. So uh, my question is, how do you motivate? Uh, how do you generate that intrinsic motivation mm. in very intelligent children? Um, you know, we have, you know, nine, 10, 11 year olds with their own e-commerce sites. Now they design it on the Apple system. Um, they, these kids, they understand about blockchain, about AI, AR, um, like 3d printing, biotech. They know a lot of knowledge. They're actually intelligence wise, probably smarter than many well, adults. Most even, I fully believe that to be true. Yeah. So so the thing is, we've got these really intelligent kids, and I and I started like a, a separate passion project just to introduce them to more technology jobs of the future, and that's another company that I have just to expose them more to that. But how do you motivate these children to use their intelligence for good, to make positive change in the world? You know, stuff that you're working on. How do you get people to share more, to love more, to bring humanity to the next level? Uh, by suffocating bad behavior. The, the current generation of parents are, are being too passive around punishment and forcing kids to learn how to make money. The reality is, is we have a very rich world in the macro because there's a lot of cash in the system. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So. Um, I believe the way you do it is through suffocating. I, I, for, you know, one of the ways to get people to focus on kindness and caring is to A, punish when they're deploying the opposite and B, clapping and putting on a pedestal when they're doing great behavior. We're all just animals. And when you're raising an animal, positive and negative reinforcement creates frameworks. We don't have enough accountability for bad behavior and we do not have enough glory for kind behavior. It's the same way of how to build hunger in kids. Stop buying them things. Literally, my parents looked at me, my mom literally looked at me at 12 and was like, you now buy your own stuff. And that was tough because Nintendo was expensive and Sega was expensive and... We we have an entitled generation, and we don't have and we don't have uh, repercussions. You know, we don't have. You know, we haven't created a framework. Like kids don't get punished anymore. What the fuck?
Like, if your kid's a dick and you punish him for two weeks and take away his phone, I have a funny feeling that he's gonna think about kindness more. Okay. We, we, we don't have a world where there's the parenting structure of today, and this is macro talk, obviously, there's a lot of different parents doing a lot of different things, but in the macro, the biggest thing that I'm observing, one man's point of view, is we need um, we need kids to realize that there are repercussions for bad behavior, and 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 the opposite. When your son opens the door for an elderly lady, and you spend an entire week talking about how remarkable that was, that's a reinforcement of kind behavior. I was reinforced as a child, and others that I see that are extremely passionate about kindness were reinforced in a culture, in their home, or their environment that really put kindness on a pedestal, but not to the level of delusion or ideology or altruism that wasn't practical. It wasn't like hippie shit, it was kindness shit. Yeah, I think that, you know, if we are to move the human race in the a positive direction and you know there's so many things going on from from global warming to species extinction to poverty to the digital divide i mean if we are to move the human race forward i mean you and i we have another maybe 40 years to go 50 years if we live 50 i'll take 50 more than 40 84 would piss me the fuck off i'd be like god what the fuck i had some more shit to do yeah, so it's really, you know, the way that we raise the next generation and, and you know, the sky's the limit for, for humanity. But so, I think the way, um, the, Maggie, the, the, the other way to really think about raising the next generation is through action. You know, one of the one of the most glorious things that's happened in my career is over the last three or four years, I became cool on Instagram to a lot of young people. And then I spent my time talking about things like caring and empathy and kindness and patience. And all of a sudden those words are in the lexicon now. Watching like 22 year old tough guy entrepreneurs talk about empathy is maybe the most gratifying thing in my life. And so, you know, the, it's not only on the micro, it's, it's in our behavior as well. And what we put out, we set the tone through our actions and so I think I think a lot of grown-ups need to lean into kindness and caring and lack of judgment. I see tons of parents on Twitter and Facebook judging the fuck out of people who they don't even know and then and then yelling at their kids to be kinder. That doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, like I, I just the hypocrisy of parenting, parenting, I see parents all day long talk about their fear of technology, but then when they're having a nice glass of wine with friends, they give the iPad to the kid so they don't bother them. That's not working. Your kid's being trained to know you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very thoughtful on how we roll. So it's it's more about not even just having the hard conversations, as you said, but also doing the hard things first. A hundred percent. The conversations, kids read through that. They're too smart. You know, it's how you back it up. It's why punishing matters. You can't just be like little Ricky. I don't want you to say that anymore. You take a phone away from a child. You take their phone out of their fucking hand when they're rude to somebody and you take them put into your purse for a week. Watch your kid value kindness more. Okay. Thank you.
Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Hey, Gary. How's it going? It's going super well, my man. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, my name is George. I'm 23 and I'm from Wisconsin. Um, George. Um, it was funny because yesterday in the show, you were talking about animation. And um, I use animation for education. My passion is science education. Um, but a little bit of backstory. Um, I, I'm a visual learner and I used to create graphics for me to learn during class. And in December, I realized that my passion is sharing this. So I hit TikTok, I hit Instagram, I hit all the social medias and I started just sharing. And I realized I had such a passion for it. Um, I wake up every day and work six, seven hours creating, creating, creating and sharing. Um, you know, I have a Shopify account and I have all this uh, forms of media. But the thing is, is that I spend most of my time creating the graphics. The majority of the people that do this kind of thing online um, show about 10% of what they create and leave the rest 90% behind a paywall. And I mean, it's like I can do that, but it tugs on my heartstrings because I don't. Don't do I it. I don't want to do it. Don't I want to share. It. That's why you like me. I don't do it either. And it's just like, I just don't, it's like, I'm out of balance because I don't know what to do now. I got good news. Don't do it. The fuck does anybody else's life have to do with you? What, are you going to be sad okay. that somebody not as good as you makes a lot more money than you? Money ain't shit. Okay. Uh, do you have any advice for... Uh, how to make it sustainable? Like how to run the yeah. business with that? How about doing what I do? I give to the world, but I have corporate clients. Okay. That's one way. Uh, you could also do a... Uh, I love the idea of somebody this creative doing like a fair... Like literally like a, like a, like a, you could do live events where you do like one or two events a year where everybody comes in and you make money on that event. Not monetizing your audience is a very powerful, you know, uh, opportunity if you're good at making money outside of them. And so corporate clients, uh, you can get into merchandising. I think merchandising is a very fair play. My big thing is like, if you're kind of, I have some merchandise, but, um, the main work is the graphics. Understood. Now the, so but but the reality is is that if you if listen you're like me if you don't feel excited if it doesn't feel right to your chemicals on monetizing the audience that way then you do it a different way and there is okay. no right or wrong it's not like listen monetizing an audience is more than fine it's capitalism nobody forced those people to buy but i'm with you i think a lot of people think they're helping audiences but what they're putting out is manipulative content only to get you to pay yeah and I struggle with that. Uh, during this time of social distancing and quarantine, I've been holding live events uh, where I do study with me videos and I record the process on YouTube. Um, do you have any other advice for things I can do during this time that everyone's studying at home? You know, I think it's a time, listen, one of the ways that you'll win is by building a brand and then you're able to monetize different ways. Maybe you get paid to speak for $25,000. Maybe you get a TV show. Like there's a lot of things that could happen for you. So for you, if you're not going to monetize the audience, I think your number one thing is to give back to the audience, but also build your brand. So for me, what I'm most worried about right now is what are you doing on Pinterest? What are you doing on TikTok? What are you doing on YouTube? For me, this is about broadening your brand. You, you're so young. You can build a lot of equity in your brand over time and then convert it. I'm posting every day on Instagram. I'm posting a lot on Pinterest. I post five to six times on TikTok. Um, five to six times ever or five to six times a day? A day. I love that. How's that going? 
it's going really good. I've got about 30,000 followers on TikTok, um, 30,000 followers on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to learn how to use LinkedIn for my type of approach. I love that. So you're listening to me clearly. Yeah, every day. So what are your what are your handles? Dustin, listen to this. I want uh, to my sure. YouTube is uh, Doodles in the Membrane. Right there. Uh, for Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok, it's all the same. Um, Doodles in the Membrane. Yeah. Um, and do and do you sell anything ever? Yeah, I, I sell some merchandise. I have some sweaters. I have some stickers. Um, I put I've my, got an idea. I, I think you can sell a one-day Zoom event, you know, for 50 people at a premium cost um, where you go super deep and you go one-on-one -on -one because what you're doing is like for me, like for example, this right here is valuable. Like if I did this for you with an, for an hour, you'd pay and not be mad at me even though I did it, I'd do it for free because it's yeah. so not scalable. That's why I don't do it. It's, I can't make it worth my while, but nobody would be mad at me for one hour consultations. It's no different than a therapist or a chiropractor or anything else. I do think you, or a class, like a yoga instructor, I do think that you have the permission. I could tell your spirit. So it makes me confident in this. I think you should try to do a, a VIP class, eight hours, 50 okay. people, one, eight hours. You see where I'm going? Yeah. You overwhelm them. Now you're like only 50 people, eight hours. Fuck, everybody's gonna got, get gotten to. And I have a feeling it could do really well. And it's the kind of thing that you could, you know, really do well with and make a couple hundred you know, uh, bucks per head or 500 bucks per head. And it could be quite meaningful. You know, you get 300 bucks per head on that 50, it starts adding up. Yeah. 15 G's quick. Uh, how many followers, how many subscribers do you have on YouTube? I have about 4,000, I think. I love it. All right. Well, um, you got a bunch more. Yesterday, that awesome dude with the red beard bar went from like 38 to 1,000. So I have a funny gosh, feeling. Uh, Don James, Sammy just signed up. By the way, talk about something that is really valuable for parents right now, for their kids, they're trying to find activities. You might have one of the most important channel, you know, channels. Yeah, uh, one of the things I'm trying to do the most is I'm not trying to come at my YouTube and all my social medias as I know it and you don't. I'm trying to come at it as you know I'm a friend studying with you at the library. And bro, your demeanor, your energy's fucking off the charts, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks. You're gonna win. Can I give you a good good piece of advice? Yeah. Live stupidly humbly, like super humble, like shitty, like shitty okay. for like three, four years. I have a funny feeling it's going to work out for you. All right, thanks, if man. you don't have expenses, you'll stay patient and you'll really crush. Okay. You see where Thank I'm going? You. Yeah. If you can keep your overhead down, live at home, live with six buddies, you know, buy fucking ramen, you know, like yeah. if, you can go, if you can go there, it'll let you go really patient in this process, I'm a very intuitive dude. Dude, I really think you've got it. Thank you. Thank you, man. Means a lot. Thanks. Take care of yourself. You too. We love you. I love you back. Diana, what's good? TJ, what's good? Mandy Reed, Alabavitz, what's up? Barry Eisenbaum, thank you. Lean Overhead is right on that Facebook comment. What's going on on Twitter? Oh, John Law, what's good? Hello, Gary. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thanks for being on the show, bro. Okay. Uh, so Where to, are you from? I'm from Bay Area, California. How old? So to give some context, um, I'm 14 and, you know, building businesses and creating content and making money, that's, that's like my thing. That's what I do. That's what I love to do. And I spend all my time doing that. Um, but I feel right now I'm working on uh, 
probably six different businesses. I'm doing reselling, e-commerce, you know, affiliate marketing, some graphic design freelancing. I'm writing ebooks, hiring ghostwriters to do ebooks, like all this stuff. And I feel like my energy is getting split between them to the point that all of them are being less successful um, than they could otherwise be. And I enjoy all of them. So that's not a problem. But in terms of the, the potential of the businesses, the long term, um, how do you think? Do you think I should downsize or keep going on all of them? Go wider. So, You're 14. This is the ear to taste shit. Plus, a lot of these businesses, John, you're gonna look back at when you were 25 and be like, oh, I was a scummy kid. Because right now, the money is the thing that you're chasing, and I want you to learn process. I promise on everything I got, because I'm good with intuition, you're gonna be embarrassed that you built some of these businesses, because you know they were just built for the arbitrage of money, but I like that you're learning the process. So I don't think you have to go all in on any of them. I have a funny feeling you're far more destined in 10 years to build something quite meaningful. Right now is the era to taste shit. Okay. You're learning and, reps right now, my man. Okay, and uh, a more specific question about um, Instagram. So I'm building two, I'm building a personal brand um, with on two accounts on Instagram, two separate accounts. And then I also have two accounts that are niche pages. So I'll post Good. motivational yep. content and stuff. And yep. that takes a lot of time. And it feels like almost because it's not a personal brand and it doesn't really reflect on myself. And I, I, I'm not sure if it's really. Yeah, I would sell, those, sell so, them off. Sell them? Okay. Sell, you know, sell them to some of those Pakistani hustlers that hit me up every day and all the other people that buy pages. Get rid of those. Okay. What do you, what do you. So I get it because I'm you at 14, business, business, business. Is there other things you give a fuck about like music or sport or like fashion or anything else? Yeah, well, uh, I definitely am into sports. I'm, I play sports year round pretty much. I'm competitive, doing competitively doing CrossFit. And uh, one, of the, one of my personal accounts on Instagram is a fitness page. So I'm really into that kind of stuff. Um, but other than that, I feel like is the stuff the, that goes into the businesses is a lot more than just the, it's many different things that I'm interested in that go into that. Um, I, I would learn everything about art and science, right? What I mean by that is run ads on every platform. You make content on every platform. Don't necessarily outsource for scale. Just get dangerous in art and science, it's a very good skill set for you in the next hundred years of your life. And do you think at, at this point I should be focusing solely on businesses or like I heard you saying a while ago that you'd rather have that two weeks um, during summer to go hang out with friends? Should oh, I do that? I, just so you, John, just so you know, I didn't even have cell phones. So like when I went in my cocoon, I really went in my cocoon. But if I had social media and cell phones and house party and this shit, I probably would have not had yet like, Bro, I worked every day. Like if you hung out one weekend before this quarantine thing, then you already, like, so don't get my advice twisted. You might be getting, you know, that friend time. I really worked, bro. Like, like, like literally imagine no Corona, normal shit. And the day that you end, you know, school this year, you literally go and work 12 hours a day in a liquor store and come home, sleep, and then go work again. And then literally do that every day until you come back to school. Like, that's what I did. Yeah. You're doing it for yourself. Like, I got to get a couple of weekends here and there during the school year for baseball cards. 
shows, but like, yeah, I mean, look, it, I think you should enjoy your youth and have some friend time, um, but working on your skill matters. Like, we all look up to Beyonce and LeBron. Guess what? They didn't have normal childhoods. If you really want to go there, you got to put in the work, but I do think a little fun is great. Plus, you were blessed with a, dude, your name is fucking amazing. The whole chat's exploding. They're like, his name's Johnny Law? I mean, like, you're fucking set, bro. You, you can just monetize your name your whole life. Bro, listen to me. Do me one favor. Don't be a scum bucket. And what I mean by that is, right now, you know this. There's people, a 14-year-old who loves entrepreneurship. Instagram is littered with fucking douchebags that talk about the lifestyle, not the principles of doing good kindness businesses. Promise me that you don't chase the dollars. Chase the process right now and learn how to be honorable. Because I promise you, Johnny, if you remember anything I fucking ever tell you, how you make your money is way more important than how much you make. Got it. Thank you. Promise me. It can it can catch you. Young dude, the lifestyle, the nightlife, the, the guys, the girls, like I get it, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, promise me. Because you know how I'm different than some of the other voices that are out there. Please stay the course on this. I I will. I will. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. Thank you. So you got much. It, brother. Talk to you soon. Um, my name is Ashley. I'm actually from New York. I know my hoodie says Atlanta, but um, I actually live in New York City right now. So okay, Ash, that is that. Um, thank you so much for everything. You have been an inspiration for a while and I have been following you. So I do really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I guess my question to you is like you always talk about your parents and how they've had like such a big impact on your life. And they've kind of been like that framework and helping you just really become who you are today. Like my I guess my question was what advice you have for people who really don't have that framework but yeah. are super yeah. ambitious and they really like want that direction yeah um like how I do you, you feel like, you yeah. know listen i'll be very honest with you my dad didn't have it and my dad put that chip on his shoulder and went and used the energy in a different way right so listen there's unlimited people that are kind and crushing the world who didn't have parents they looked up to and so you know I feel comfortable talking about all the blessings I was given, but I always remind people, if one person made it that looks like you, then you can too. So A, you know, first it's about not dwelling. The biggest thing that people, you know, I love how your head went off on that, right? Like the number one thing that I see is people dwelling about shit they couldn't control, right? Like you don't get to pick your parents. You don't get to pick where you're born. You know, yeah. it's, so to me, the second you move into optimism and gratitude, oh, gratitude and optimism, go. Team, I like something. I think I got a hoodie. Go. <laughs> Gratitude and optimism. This sec it's crazy. My brain just clicked. Fuck, that's amazing. Like Thank literally, you. <laughs> when, you're, when, you're, when your mindset is gratitude and optimism, then you can go. Definitely. When you're, when you're dwelling and looking back, you're fucking stuck forever. So, so, you know, sometimes you get the fortunate thing to look up to a parent. Sometimes you get the fortunate thing of looking up to a grandparent, an uncle, a best friend, a best friend's parent, uh, somebody you saw on TV, somebody you watch on the internet. It's about leaning into positivity. Definitely. That's the answer, Ash. Like, honestly, it's about what you put into your ears and through your eyes is your life. No, I, I've definitely learned that. And I feel like through my life, I've gained a lot of experience. Like I've ended up, I like you just are saying, like I've worked since I was like 11, 12. My mom passed away around that time and I've been working since then. And I feel like 
I've had older brothers, older everybody, and people who are always like, hey, like, you're super wise, like, you're kind of the one to look to, but it's like, I'm the youngest out of everybody, like, who do I look to? And so yourself. it always Yourself. Like look within yourself. You know, I give a lot of daps to my parents, but let me promise you, it's all been in myself, in my own head. Yeah. I think it's just like balancing that, that sense of like confidence, but also that humility, like you said, the... I don't know. <laughs> I no, no, no. You. Stick with me. Stick me. I like where this is going. It's going to help a lot of people. I'm as confident as it gets, but you can be humble. Like, you know, if, if, you know, like if you're worried about that part, the other part is don't put rules on you. Like what a lot, when you're the youngest and you were born as an old wise soul and it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's on your shoulders, like you're going to get us out. You're the one that's going to do it. Don't put a time limit on it. You know, yeah. don't put, don't put that pressure. Like, like you got to live for you. And the more you live for you, if it goes, then other people will benefit. You can't worry about outside forces. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Listen to me, Ash, I'm not letting you go because I feel like there's more work to be done here. Listen to me. The, yes, sir. Keep playing with me here. What else? <laughs> what are you like? What are you really thinking? Like what's, what's fucking with you? Help me, help me help you. What's fucking on some real on real shit? I think just getting out of my own way. I have a lot of really Good. cool ideas. I, I have a lot of really. Um, I think I do have a lot of people who are like behind me immediately. I don't really have like a super big following on Instagram, but just person to person. I worked in retail. I worked in food. I worked in just like a lot of these personable industries, and I find that a lot of people just gravitate towards my energy. But it's like I just don't know what to give back out. What do you do? Like, what do you make? Can you make content? Um, I wanted to start doing the YouTube channel um, because a are lot you, of people are you is, are you able to do design and video work? I wanted to get in there. Um, for the most part, I was drawing and painting and whatnot, but I wanted to get more in the digital realm and just I use my face as a platform for myself. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Do you have a job? I was working at a restaurant, but since the whole COVID um, thing, and then I was a manager before that, but I just completely tapped out of that role. Cause again, I realized like you can get a certain amount of money. But Ash, again, and just, yeah. Ash, <laughs> do you think you can write? I, I said I was gonna start journaling today. I have a journal, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you good at ideas? I think so. <laughs> How much of my content have you consumed? Um, I've, I've consumed it over the years, but I know you definitely have like a cult following that's not. Yeah, yeah. forget about that. <laughs> but, like, but you have a general sense of what I'm talking about. Definitely. Listen to me. I really, 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 really think you should email me. I think you should work on my team at VaynerMedia. <laughs> Stop. That would be dope. I'm being dead I fucking be, serious. I'm super fucking serious too, Gary. Like, I okay, would so so do me a favor. I want you to email me at Gary at VaynerMedia right now. And I want you to put in the title, hey, it's me, Ashley, the girl from New York, wearing the Atlanta hoodie. Got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Thank you so much. My hands are like shaking and I'm like. Listen to me. On my on team, on my now. team, you have to make ideas. You have to write and you have to make videos or pictures. The drawing interests me. You see that I, you don't follow me enough to maybe know this, but I like putting cartoons in my content. I think we could do drawings. I'm going to have Andy or D-Rock or Sid or May or, or Katie reach out to you today after you email me. And we're going to start giving you some stuff to see what you can make. And then, and then 
in the next couple of weeks or maybe when this is over, we're going to fucking hire you and you're going to be on my team. That's dope. I'm ready. Whatever you need, I got All you. Right. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening or watching to that episode of the Gary V Audio Experience. We really hope you enjoy it and we hope to see you next time.